Hey y'all, and welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for family-first entrepreneurs building profitable and progressive businesses. If we haven't met yet, I'm your host, Meg Brunson, and my pronouns are she, her. Before we get started, I want to remind you that this podcast episode isn't gonna change a thing in your business unless you take action. And the best way to follow through is by joining us inside of the Familypreneur Business Accelerator. It's where we work, win, celebrate, and grow together. Head over to familypreneur.co to join us today. All right, let's do this. Hey, hey, familypreneurs. I'm so excited to have you with us here today. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Erin Thomas-Wong. We are going to be talking about boundaries, success, and being more effective with our time. Erin is a business mentor and coach and host of the Life Friendly Business Podcast. She left a career in TV production 13 years ago when she had her first son because she was in search of a better work-life balance. I feel like so many of us can relate to that. She is the author of Mompreneur Evolution, sharing the stories of women building business around family life. Over the past six years, Erin has helped thousands of women grow their business through her Facebook groups, the Cocoon Business Membership, live events, mentoring, and masterminding. Erin, I'm so excited to have you here today, and I cannot wait to chat about this topic. Thank you so much for having me. I have to, as an American, I had to like, I, I stumbled a little bit on mumpreneur. It's not natural for yeah, me. But... I know, mumpreneur, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it. I always get myself stuck on mumpreneur as well. <laughs> right? So that's where we're going to have our little, uh, our little hiccups in this episode. So let's, let's start with I, what I think everyone struggles with, and it's setting our boundaries. Like, how do we even start to identify um, what that looks like? Well, I think that what's really easy to do, actually, is to to give you some examples of what life looks like when you don't have the boundaries in place, because maybe sure. people will kind of recognize those things. So, you know, I, I find that a, a lot of women that I work with, we all love what we do so much that we're happy to do it for free. So mm. we give extra, don't we? We give more. We offer free calls to people. We offer to do things to people. And what happens is, is that eventually we burn out because that's not sustainable. And at that point, we start feeling a bit of resentment. You know, we might start feeling resentment around the people around us, even resent ourselves for the fact that we've put ourselves in this position. And it's because we didn't put our boundaries in place and we didn't set those expectations um, with our clients and customers and what we were going to deliver. But that is also the same for people around you. You know, so many of us are people pleasers. So when people ask us to do things, even though we know that we don't have time to do it, we know that we've got other stuff that's more pressing, we find ourselves saying yes. And, you know, I just, I think that there are so many of us who just find ourselves in that vicious cycle. And then you feel like you've got no time to do anything and you don't have time to run your business and you don't have time to be the mum that you want to be. But it all starts with deciding on what's important to you and what are the things that need to take priority. And sometimes that means saying no to other people because every time you say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. 
Oh my gosh. I feel like you were speaking right to me with, with the, <laughs> with the people pleasing and the overbooking calls. And it's not just the free calls, right? Like there comes a time where even if people are paying you, you still have to know what your limits are. And you may have to say no to money coming in in order to preserve your sanity and prevent that overwhelm. And it's, and it's also, like you say, it's about how much energy we have and we have to protect our own energy at all costs. And yeah, I mean, totally when it comes to having calls and things like that, there is going to be a limit to how much you can manage without getting exhausted and without feeling like you're really stretched and it's working out. And I think really, you know, for me, the whole thing about having a life-friendly business is being very in tune with how your own energy works and, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and what's important to you and what you need in order to feel in control, in order to feel resilient. You know, we need to be looking after ourselves and we need to be protecting ourselves because we are our business's USP. Most of the time for, you know, solo business owners, we are the business. So it's so important to be yeah. looking after ourselves, protecting that. Yeah. And one of the, I have discovered, and it took time, it, it took like learning myself that phone calls are just something that drains me. So like, that's an area that I've discovered. I really need strong boundaries. And I had to reflect that in the contracts that I create for my clients where it specifically outlines how long we will be on the phone together so that I guess it puts that boundary in place, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. And, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, sometimes we feel like we should be doing things in a certain way, but we don't have to. And as long as we are communicating what those expectations are and you know and actually i love it when people lay the ground rules i think it helps our clients as well as us i mean for example you've got an amazing process for for doing a podcast interview you've got all the information laid out like i i read it and i was so impressed because i was like i know exactly what's what's required of me i know what you're going to do and I just think that that makes people feel safe as well. Whereas if we if we don't put those things in place, then we're going to find that people impinge on our time and our energy. And then we're just going to get really annoyed. And it's not actually their fault because we've let that happen. <laughs> right, right. And it's a process, right? You got to start, you got to build, you got to self-correct. It's a process. So how... How exactly do we go about figuring out what those non-negotiables are for us? Because we need to know what those are before we can really set our boundaries, right? Yeah. And I think one of the important things to do is to, to define, if, if we're looking at a life-friendly business, for example, it's like to define what that means for you, because we are all different and we have different things going on in our lives. Some of us might have kids, some of us might not, some of us might be caring for someone. Um, We've got these different things going on and we've also got a different idea of how we want our day-to-day -day life to look. And so I think the first thing is to really think like, and dig deep on how you want your, your daily life to be and what that means. And, you know, for me, um, a non-negotiable is that I want to be able to pick my kids up from school. And, you know, I was like, when I can, it doesn't mean that I do 100% of the time, but you know, I was brought up by a single mum 
um, she had to work several jobs to keep us afloat. And there were many times when she wasn't able to pick us up from school and we had a childminder um, pick us up. And and I think, you know, that was something that to me, I thought, oh, wow, if I could, you know, create um, a job where I can be there at the school gates at three o'clock, then that's what I'm going to do. So that's one of my non-negotiables. But everyone's going to have different things. And it's, you know, it might be that you don't want to have to be doing calls during school holidays or, um, you know, like tea time or bedtime. Um, but it also might be things like, do you know what I need for my own sanity? I need to have time by myself each week. I need to have time to go out for a walk. I need to do my exercise class. So what are the things that, that you really need in order to thrive in your life? And I think too, it all comes down to another thing we struggle with is taking care of ourselves. Like we have to recognize that like those self-care tasks, and I don't want to, to say non-negotiables again, because I know that's what we're talking about. That's all I can come up with. Like those self-care, self-care tasks have to be non-negotiable too, because we need to take care of ourselves. And so blocking that time off in your calendar and treating it like any other client appointment, um, yeah, that's something that's, that's helped me. Yeah, and I, I think we're so good at looking after other people and putting other people's needs first. And one of the, the phrases that I really love, which I've adopted for this whole life-friendly approach, is about giving yourself grace. And I, I find mm. that so many people um, are so hard on themselves. They beat themselves up. They criticize themselves, you know, and, and it's really destructive. And actually, if we can give ourselves grace for all the stuff that we're trying to juggle on a daily basis, if we're actually kind to ourselves and we recognize that we're under a lot of strain and that, you know, we're not going to feel amazing today because X, Y, Z happened and like, and that's okay. And it's human to, to feel like that. I think, you know, we, we need to be a lot kinder to ourselves. And like you say, you know, understand what self-care means for us. Yes, yes. So getting clear on the non-negotiable things for us, for our business, for the way that we want to we want to interact with our families, all of those things. And then I feel like it, you touched on this and it kind of leads us beautifully into the next piece, um, which is defining your own measures of success. So just like your non-negotiables are going to be unique to you, your measures of success are also going to be unique to you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, this is this is one thing that I find a lot in the online world, which can feel a little bit toxic um, when it comes to small business owners. There's a lot of stuff out there about earning six or seven figures and um, what success should look like. Um, you know, maybe you're driving a Tesla or living in a fancy house or, you know, going on amazing holidays. And it's very easy to get sucked into other people's measures of success and then feeling like a failure when A, you don't reach it and B, actually you're not bothered about reaching it. Maybe your measure of success is something completely different. Um, and so I really encourage people to understand for themselves, um, you know, what what success looks like to them and, you know, and, and work to that basis rather than feeling like they're trying to keep up with this vision that someone else has created for them. Yeah. And I feel like I was in the same boat at one point. I, you know, you see you have to be made. You, the goal should be to make six or seven figures. And then I realized 
that's not, that's not what drives me. You know, my current measure of success is being able to travel with my family. And that means we live in a 35 foot box, which for a lot of people is like, not what they want to do, but that's fine. It's fine, right? We can have different goals and, and, and different paths in life and we can be successful even though we make different amounts of money. So I, I love this oh, concept and yeah. I feel like it's something I've really. I, I love, I love exactly what you're saying. And it, it, that's proof as well that everyone has got their own measures of success. And, and you know, today I, I had one of those moments where I was sitting on the sofa. My husband is self-employed as well. And we're together in the house during the day. The kids are at school and I felt so calm and I was doing bits of work and I just thought, wow, like this is my life. Like I'm earning enough money and I'm calm and I'm not stressed out and I love the work that I do. I literally love everything I do. If there's a task that I don't enjoy, I outsource it. I don't I don't do things in my business that I don't enjoy. And, you know, and then I was able to pack up and go and pick my son up at three o'clock. That's success to me. Uh, one thing that's really interesting um, is that over here in the UK, I was looking up some kind of figures and the average UK salary for a full-time job is 35,000 pounds, which is actually 40 um, US dollars, uh, uh, 40,000 US dollars, 40 dollars. Um, and, you know, it just made me think because, you know, when you look at that, you think, you know, there's lots of people that would think how amazing to be able to earn that, but working my own hours part time around the kids. But yet we've got all these messages online that we should be earning six or seven figures when most people are earning this average salary. So like, I, you know, I just wonder where this has all come from and it's just kind of exploded. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, and, and if your goal is to earn six or seven figures, there's nothing wrong with that. But I just think that we need to be taking back the power and, and deciding for ourselves whether that aligns with what we want. And I think another piece of that discussion is the fact that I can't say all, right, but most six or seven figure business owners are not solopreneurs. So they have built a team, however that may look. And that quite honestly is a lot of work in itself. And it may not be something you want to do. Like, and it's fine, right? Like your family probably doesn't need a six or seven figure income to survive. Now, maybe you, maybe you want that, right? For, for whatever reason. Um, but then you have to be willing to do extra work. And like you said, if that's not aligned with what you're good at or what you like to do, we have the opportunity. It's one of the most beautiful things I think about entrepreneurship is that we have the opportunity to really define everything, <laughs> what it yeah. looks like, oh, what we make, that. what we. I absolutely love that. We have the opportunity to define everything. I, that is so cool. <laughs> And yeah, and I mean, it's really interesting. I've got a few mentoring clients at the moment who have done the whole thing of building and scaling and growing teams. And do you know what? They've got to the point where they're like, this is too much and I am going to scale down and I'm going to go back to being a solopreneur, but actually I've worked out I'm going to earn the same money uh, without all the stress. So it's really interesting. I think that they're 
there's definitely, you know, a sea change on the way about how people see that, because like you say, managing people, managing a team, all those big things, you know, um, that running a, a, a bigger business or a medium sized business bring with it. Some of us don't want that. I, I see it as an amazing challenge that I can build my business uh, using Kajabi, you know, doing it all myself, my own website. I've got an online business manager and I'm like, how far can I get with just me and my online business manager and my accountant? <laughs> you know, they're free. Right. And, you know, how awesome is that? Like, I don't need a group, you know, a team of 10 people to do what I do. And I, do, I find that so empowering. Yeah. And it's not to shame anybody who has that path. It's just, it's, and it's beautiful that it's fluid, which you touched on too, that like you can build and grow and then realize, eh, maybe that's not really what I wanted and dial it back. And that's where like those measures of success are always changing. And yeah, but that's and like you said about, you know, this is the thing, like you're absolutely right. This is not about shaming people's decisions mm -hmm. in, in what they're doing. It's about recognizing that we each are individuals and we have our own drivers of of what we want and, you know, what what we want to achieve. And that's brilliant. And we should totally lean into that. What we should not do is feel pressured by other stuff around us to fit into a box that actually is not the right box for us. And I think luckily a lot of those messages are starting to shift and these conversations are becoming more commonplace, but I still get bombarded with the messaging all over social media and social media ads that you should be making more money. Like you should want more money. You should be making more money. Um, but I love that we're having this conversation that there's more, you know, there's more to success than dollar signs and money in the bank. You know, it's picking yeah, up your I, kids. I, it's yeah, and I really think that you know, culturally, culturally, we are in this place of always wanting more and always needing more, and never really being grateful for what we have. <laughs> um, and you know, I just think it's with everything, isn't it? It's what we consume. It's it's everything. It's always like, and I just think that actually we can be really happy. And I'm not talking. But yeah, this is where I don't want people to mistake me. I'm not talking about making do, um, but mm -hmm. I'm talking about let's take a moment to recognize what we've achieved so far and, and the, the, the moment that we're in now. And, uh, you know, rather than feeling like we're on this hamster wheel where we have to constantly be, be moving forward and trying to catch up with other people, like, you know, carve your own path. Yeah, one of my, uh, one of my favorite people, Kaz, Kaz Gaddis is her name. And she always talks about that hamster wheel. Um, and it can feel like you're going in circles and going in circles. But what she, how she explains it, and I'm going to butcher it because she does a beautiful job explaining it, the visual, is when you're looking at that circle, it's like you're looking from the top down. But from another perspective, what you're really, you are going in circles, but it's a spiral staircase. So even though you're going in circles, you're constantly moving upwards. And like I said, I butchered that that visual i'm sure um <laughs> go follow kaz and, and she'll explain it much more beautifully but the way she explained it you know that has like stayed in my mind so when i find myself feeling like i'm just on the hamster wheel going in circles i like shift my perspective to imagine like those circles are still going up we're not in the same place we were yesterday even though it may feel like you're on that wheel 
Yeah, and that's great. Actually, you've really made me think with that, with the spiral thing, that one of my favorite analogies is about um, success in terms of, you know, what I find a lot when I'm speaking to people is that they've made that decision. They're going to step up. Yeah, they're going to level up in their business. They're going to do something. They're, they're really determined. They're excited to do it. And they start taking those steps to, to grow their business. And then something happens. You know, the kids get ill. They get ill. Something happens and knocks them off course. And they feel like it's all been for nothing and they're, you know, tumbling back down to the ground. But I always say to them, imagine it like a staircase and, you know, you're climbing up the staircase and something goes wrong and you just hang out on the landing for a little while. And, you know, you haven't lost all that progress that you've made since the ground floor. Um, and when you can, you just get back on the staircase and you keep going up. And I really, yeah. I, I love that because I think that it is so easy to feel disheartened when life throws a curveball. But that's what life does, isn't it? Sadly. It sure is. <laughs> and I'll talk, like, that too reminded me, like, I've had those, those instances where I'm like, I'm going to do real great at email marketing. I'm going to email my list every single week. And then curveball, COVID or whatever it is. And just be honest with your people. Like, that's the thing. Come back. Be honest. I'll tell you, I I feel like just acknowledging those things has, in my personal experience, strengthened my relationship with a lot of my people. You know, a lot of the people that are on my list or following me on social where it's like, yep, I disappeared for a couple months, but I'm still here and I'm back. You know, life happened. And uh, I think if we normalize that, like, that it's okay, you know, to, to fall off the wagon and, and come back. Absolutely. I think being real, like, you know, we know that people buy people, but I think that, you know, you're right. There is a bit of a change there. And especially on LinkedIn, it's really interesting, isn't it? On LinkedIn, because more and more people are doing these vulnerable posts. Like, you know, I didn't know whether to share this here, but this is and actually, they're getting amazing reach and engagement because we love that. We love seeing that people are real. And, you know, I, mm -hmm. I don't think it does anyone any good to, you know, have this facade of, of everything being perfect in our lives and, you know, and us always feeling great and all those things. Like, I think it, it helps to show people that when, that we're human and, you know, it makes, I think it makes it, more okay then for other people to be open about the, the challenges that they're having. I agree. I agree too. All right. Let's, uh, I feel like we've had some really great conversations and some little like detours and flutters around success. And the biggest message is, you know, don't compare yourself to other people. You do you and, and be proud of that and embrace that. And then once we've got boundaries, non-negotiables, measures of success, I feel like the next step, you know, the next step is to actually design that work-life balance and be more effective um, with our time. So can you tell us like how to get that all together? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, going back to what I was saying, I definitely think that um, being in tune with your energy levels is, is a really important one. So, you know, what time of day do you work best? And, you know, and I, and I know it's hard as well when you've got kids, because sometimes that might be out of alignment with the time that you've actually got to work, but uh, definitely recognizing, um, you know, and also with cycles, menstrual cycles and things like that, like during the month, you might recognize that you have um, different weeks that are better for different things. So, 
uh, definitely checking in on your energy. I really love um, James, James Wedmore's stuff about uh, concentrating on your 5% activities because he says that really it's only 5% of your activities in your business that will actually, um, you know, turn the, turn, the, turn the wheel, turn the dial. I can't remember the saying for it. But, you know, thinking of it in terms of 95% of stuff on your to-do list is probably not as urgent as we think it is. And so it's really tuning into the 5%. And I think when we're working on limited time as well, it's so important that we are always aware of what our priorities are. And that's where I think people need to have a strategy. And if they don't have a strategy and they don't understand how to create that or, or what that means, then they need to reach out and get support. Because once you've got that every single day, you need to check in with what are the things that are actually going to help me grow my business? What are my priorities? You know, and that's that includes looking after your clients and customers, obviously, but also marketing yourself you know, selling all those things. These are the 5%. So, um, you know, filing your finance stuff is not a 5% activity. It's got to be done at some point, but it might not be the priority. Spending three hours on Canva, falling down a rabbit hole of like designing graphics, you know, it can be fun <laughs> until you get frustrated with it. But, you know, it's not a 5% activity. Um, so it's being quite strict with yourself, I think. But if we can do that, if we can keep checking in and those priorities evolve as well. And that's that's absolutely fine. And that's why we need to keep checking in. But if we can do that, that's how we're going to be able to grow our business on limited time. Um, because we're going to be focusing on the right things rather than wasting time and wasting time doing things for other people that we said yes to when we didn't really have the time to do it. <laughs> I, I love when you were talking about the kids because I'm like, my kids are not on my timeline. Like, they, they are not on my timeline. But it's also kind of knowing that, right, and trying to plan around that um, to, to make it work. And I love also that you brought up, um, like, for, for people who have periods, like the menstrual cycle and things like that. We actually, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in, a, in an interview I had with Jordan Gill and um, a while back, I'll, I'll post the link in the show notes for this episode, but I had uh, Dorit Pavnov, I think I said her name correctly, um, might've gotten a little off, but Dorit came on and talked about specifically the how women's menstrual cycles works and and how to leverage that for productivity. So that was something that I honestly had never even thought about before. And I love that it's come up a couple of times recently in some interviews. Um, so thank you so much for bringing that up again. And cause I think that's worth it, right. To, to look into. And um, I love batching content when it comes to like my marketing or blogs, podcasts, things like that. So leveraging that to figure out what weeks are going to be best for batching content, what weeks are going to be best for doing other tasks and, and things like that. And I love those, those additional little tools and strategies that aren't so obvious to, to me at least. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the state that we show up in when we're ready to work is that is absolutely crucial. And, you know, like I know from my experience as well that doing the school run in the morning and dealing with packed lunches and forgotten PE kits and all those things, you can get back after that and just feel completely drained. And 
if you try and just go straight into work at that point and sit down and do stuff, you're not going to be your most effective. You might not be making the best decisions. So thinking about what you can do to change your state before you start work, you know, put on loud music or put on calm music, you know, go for a walk, move your body, all these different things. And, and it's, it's a case of trying out what's going to work best for you. And it might change, you know, on the day as well. But thinking about, do you know what, I, I'm going to give myself 10 minutes here or 20 minutes or half an hour to get myself in a better state and you will be so much more effective and you will be able to bash through that to-do list whereas if you try and push against that that you know when you're just not in the right place to do things it will take hours yes oh and you're right you just have to try different things on like am i a walker or am i a sometimes it it seems silly but sometimes playing a game of like solitaire on my phone is just enough to like calm me down and then get me focused. It's like, it's calming and it focuses your attention. And then I can put the phone down and, and hop back in into work mode, but have, taking those breaks heard, and. Have you heard of the snow globe analogy? No. So if you think of a snow globe and you know, you shake it up and all the snows everywhere. And like, that's just like our brains. You know, we have so many thoughts going on in our brains. And with a snow globe, all you need to do is put it down and the snow settles and then the water becomes clear again and we can think clearly. And I just, I think that's such a powerful, you know, visual to have when you're feeling like that, because sometimes we just need to decompress and we just need to yeah. let everything settle and whatever works for you for doing that. Um, so yeah, next time you feel like your head's all alert, just think it's like a snow globe. I just need to put the snow globe down. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, this is like a recurring message for me, but it also comes back to that self-care that rest is essential. Like you don't have to be productive for eight hours oh, of yeah. the day or, or whatever this, you know, eight hours seems to be the standard that our culture has put on us, but like that's not true. Rest is important no. and and it's acceptable. You're allowed to rest. You're allowed to take a break. Great book suggestion for that. Do Less by Kate Northrup. Have you read that one? No. So yeah, oh, it's I, I read it and I was like, this is everything that I've been thinking. It's really, really fantastic. And it is all about this this culture of like we don't need to be productive all the time. So, yeah, definitely. Oh, I a love that. And I love that feeling when you find a book that finally like says what you've been thinking all along. I actually sent her a fangirl message. I've never done that before, ever. But I was like, I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm sure she appreciated that. <laughs> so you also have a checklist to help us all, right? Seven steps to a more life-friendly business, which we all need. I love that it's only seven. Um, tell me a little bit about the checklist and where we can get our hands on that. Sure. So I'll, I'll give you the link to, um, to share on the show notes. It's on my website, which is lifefriendlybusiness.com. And the idea is that I'm going through seven core principles of a life-friendly business. And you can check off where you are with each of those right now. And it will hopefully explain why Maybe you're not feeling like your business is as life-friendly as you'd like it to be. And then help you think about some changes that you could make to kind of take back the power, really, and, and start doing things on your own terms. 
Beautiful. It sounds like a perfect next step to this episode. And uh, where on the internet can people connect with you? So I've got my podcast, the Life Friendly Business podcast, but also my website, lifefriendlybusiness.com. And yeah, please do reach out and it'd be lovely to to hear. If you've heard me on here, let me know, because it's always nice to know, isn't it, when people find yeah. you? where they found you and all that fun stuff. Awesome. Well, you'll be able to find that podcast, Life Friendly Business Podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So we're wrapping up right now. Go ahead and check it out. Thank you so much, Erin, for being here today. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Um, I feel like we're very aligned in what we do, and I love having these conversations. Um, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Meg. All right, that is it for this episode of Familypreneur. Join us inside of the Familypreneur Business Accelerator to follow through on the action steps from this episode alongside an incredibly supportive community. Plus, access our robust training vault and a variety of exclusive monthly virtual events, including co-working, happy hours, and bonus training sessions. Head over to familypreneur.co and join us today. Until next time, I'll see you over in the Familypreneur Business Accelerator. Bye for now.